Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. It is amazing to be here this morning. Thank you all for being here as part of God's family gathered in this place. I'm Hannah. As you said, I'm the planting curate here at St. George's. And if you want to know more about that, you're welcome to come and speak to me after the service. This summer, we are thinking about amazing children in the Bible and how they inspire us, whatever our age, stage of life we are in, to follow Jesus. We know that Jesus welcomed children into his presence just as he welcomes us today. Jesus calls everyone to follow him. And in this story, we don't know this child's name. She never speaks. She doesn't do very much, but she is definitely amazing. In this encounter with Jesus, we see the father, Jairus, who is a synagogue leader, which means he's like a leader of the Jewish community, a bit like a church leader today. His daughter is really poorly. He is desperate to find help. She is on the verge of dying, and he goes not to find a doctor, not to find someone in the community that maybe is known for treating the poorly, yet he goes to find Jesus. He must have seen uh, Jesus do amazing things or heard of what he can do. Maybe he's heard his teaching, and he goes to find Jesus to heal her. Now, children in the, in the time of uh, Jesus uh, didn't have very many rights. They weren't very protected or sort of fought a lot of. And uh, women and girls uh, also had very limited sort of status within their community. Yet we see that Jairus is really passionately, desperately trying to find help for his daughter. He clearly loves his daughter. And Jesus' response is to rush to her side. So again, we see the importance Jesus sees of this young child and her life. Jairus' response to Jesus is one of respect. He falls at his feet it's what you do to someone who you see uh, it, it has great importance, like a king or a ruler. You would go at their feet and bow to, before them. And that is what Jairus does before Jesus. Understanding who he believes Jesus to is, he says these words, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so she can be healed and live. This story is one of faith in action. It shows that he has some understanding of who Jesus is and what he can do. We are called to be people of faith. We have also heard the teachings of Jesus. We have also heard of the amazing things he has done. We may have seen and witnessed amazing things he has done. We have heard the testimony of who Jesus is. And we, unlike Jairus, have the privilege of knowing the Holy Spirit. We have his power within us. Jesus says these words in John 14, verses 12 to 14. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. 
and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for me anything in my name, and I will do it. That's amazing. He's saying that we're going to do even greater things than he did. We have that power in his name and through the Spirit. We can do amazing things. Having faith can be hard, though, can't it, when we can't see Jesus. But we do know these great things he has done. Now, I'm going to ask drummer Ben and Rebecca to bring a chair up just to demonstrate this a little bit. Are you okay, Ben? Are you... You're a bit nervous, okay. So if you put the chair in the middle, right in the middle, everyone can see, okay. So I'm gonna ask you to do something very complicated. Could you sit on the chair? Yeah, right. And how do you feel, are you okay? Fine. You're all right. Uh, is there, um, oh, I guess you should have a microphone, you? Well, speak nice and loud for us. What, was there any fear of sitting on the chair? Um, no, no. Had you sat on a chair before? A few times, yeah. A few yeah, times, yeah. yeah. And, and talk me through, like, what, what was it about the chair that you trusted? Like, the legs. The legs, yeah? Yeah. They, um, they look all right? Yeah. Ish. Yeah, they're quite, quite strong. Yeah, the grit yeah. underneath's a bit worrying, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think you'd fall very far, you're okay. All right, cool. Yeah, so but you felt okay sitting yeah, on the chair. Yeah. So do you think that maybe, like, your past experience of sitting on chairs has helped you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe that you maybe trust the designer of the chair. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe what it's made of, like it's quite sturdy. It's solid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for doing that for us. That All was right, cool. really good. If you could take your chair with you. <laughs> so that might seem a silly example, but faith's a bit like that, isn't it? We have knowledge of what Jesus has done before. We know that he is a good God who wants good things for us. We understand that he has power and has presence and he's promised us things. You know, the maker of that chair, when we bought these chairs a few years ago, said they're going to be good chairs. We're going to make them well. They're going to be sturdy. They're going to last a long time. You can stack them. You can move them. You can connect them. They gave us certain ideas of what these chairs would do. And Jesus has done the same. He has gone before and done amazing things, and he will do it again. So this isn't a blind leap. It's a learned logical step when we have faith. And when we look at Jairus and his daughter, uh, we hear that he is doing this uh, act of faith, asking Jesus for his help. But on the way, we're not going to go into it loads now, but he, Jesus meets this other lady who is healed, and they have this encounter. And while that's happening, um, the news reaches them that the little girl has died. All seems lost. But Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe now, sometimes when we read words on a, in, a, in the Bible, they seem quite simple, don't they? But imagine your child has just died. You are desperate. And here is Jesus saying, do not be afraid, just believe. When they get to the house, the mourners are already there. Now, these would be in their community, they would have like professional mourners who would come and they would uh, sing on, and do um, sort of professional mourning. It seems quite strange to us, but it was part of the ritual of when someone dies and they would get there really quickly because the burial of people was very quick in a hot place. Jesus asked them to leave. 
He says she's not dead, she's merely sleeping. And they laugh and scoff at him. This story reminds me a little bit of uh, Derek Redmond. Now, I was only eight when Derek Redmond was a British sprinter. I don't know how old some of you were. Some of you probably weren't even born. But um, he has a career as um, a British sprinter. He held the record for the 400 meter sprints. For the, he had won gold medals in the 4x4, 400 meters relay in the World Championship and the European Championship. And at the 1992 Olympic Games in Barcelona, Redmond tore his hamstring in the 400 meters semi-final. I think there was real hope that he might be a champion and this was a moment he'd been building to for a long time. He starts limping and with the assistance of his father he manages to complete a full lap of the track as the crowds give him a standing ovation. If you watch, watch the full foot footage, you will see again and again the officials try to take him off the track, but his father says, no, let him finish the race. This is an act of courage that needed an encourager, not a scoffer. It needed his father to tell them to let him finish the race. I have a very short clip just to show us what happens. As I say, there is a lot longer clips if you want to see. It's very dramatic, actually. Again and again, people try and pull him off the, the track, and his father says, no, he's going to finish the race. Sometimes we need to remember not to listen to the voices telling us no, but to be encouraged. In the story of Jairus' daughter, we see Jesus removes the negative people and only allows those to believe to remain. Now, this might seem impossible. It's going to a room with a dead child. All seems impossible. And this reminded me of a very bizarre nativity um, play that we saw at our children's uh, school uh, this Christmas just gone. Um, and it had all different things, including donkeys dressed as the men in black and some sort of aliens. It was very bizarre. But the thing that kept happening was that there was this main character and they were looking for Jesus. And every time they came to a new character, they said... We're here to find Jesus. He's come to teach us how to love people. And the other character would say, that's impossible. And the angel would say, nothing is impossible with God. And I, me and Ben were sitting there every time they said this line and we were just astounded that in this secular school with this bizarre nativity, this kept saying, nothing is impossible for God. And that is what we see here, isn't it? That Jesus walks into an impossible situation and makes the impossible happen. 
Now, Jesus says these words, which I think is amazing that they're in the original, uh, I'm guessing Aramaic, um, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Now, we have hopefully the words on the screen. There we go. Uh, and we're going to have a go at saying this. So we're going to say together, Talif Lakum. You ready? One, two, three. Talif Lakum. Now, I feel there's a real authority in this statement, isn't there? Little girl, get up. And sometimes that's what Jesus is asking us to do, to raise above the situations we're in, the things that we find hard. He's calling us to get up even when things feel impossible. And at the end of the story, we see the girl reunited with her family, uh, joined together, ready to eat food and be nourished and live her life. Thank you for listening to the St George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.